Now I've been dealing with Abraham, and we will continue to do so during these coming weeks. But I want to take a text from the third chapter of Galatians that we uh, met when we were dealing with that passage in regard to Abraham. And uh, in verse 13 of the third chapter, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. Especially in connection with Abraham, where salvation is so clearly set forth as being by faith, do we have this emphasis upon the substitution. We are cursed. Christ was cursed in our stead. We are therefore delivered. We have been reconciled to God because Christ died in our stead. Now we've always heard that. We've always believed that. And we must constantly understand what it means and the significance of our faith in relationship to it. We simply believe that this is what God did. That's all there is to it. We believe that this is the way God accomplished our salvation. He who was without sin was cursed, and he bore our sin in his own body on the tree. And we constantly, in thinking of our great deliverance, our great salvation, know that Christ paid it all. And all to him we are. And we delight in this grace. Now this book that I referred to a few moments ago goes out of its way. And I want to show this to you right now because you'll see the big difference between those of us who have something and those who from now on just don't have anything. But in this passage, dealing with uh, Jesus Christ, this is the Confession of 67. And according to this exposition of it, a commentary by Edward A. Dowie, Jr. He is speaking now about just how it is that Christ reconciles us. And he says here that the various expressions of the Bible in regard to this matter are theories, and the creed says that, the new creed. And may I read you now, I want to read you this, and I want you to see the difference here, because this is where the, the wide chasm takes place between those of us who are going to be saved by believing in Christ and those who are going to talk about Christ and be lost. The remainder, speaking of this paragraph of the creed, the remainder concerns traditional theories about reconciliation built on one or more of the images listed. So here are some images that are listed, and here are the traditional theories about the way in which God has reconciled us. 
And of these we have the phrase, the vicarious satisfaction of a legal penalty. The vicarious satisfaction of a legal penalty. This is one of the images. And this is one of the things that is here called a theory. Then after he discusses what he calls these various facets of the reconciliation imagery, he says, the warning is offered that the truth of reconciliation remains beyond the reach of all such theories. Well, my beloved, this is what he calls a theory. That we were cursed, and Christ took that curse. We are guilty, but Christ is the substitute. We are condemned, but Christ is the one who was vicarious. That is, he came in and took the place of the suffering one and then died. Now, beloved, that is all the explanation that there is, and that's all you need. And we don't call it imagery. We call it a transaction. We don't call it a theory. We call it the gospel. Now, that's the difference. And that is the difference that every single one of us must see when we come to this table this morning. We're not coming here participating in some imagery of some kind. We're participating in a living Christ who died and who by his blood made an atonement. And that's not imagery. That's not a theory. That's not something that covers up a mystery that's hidden way back yonder in the love of God for us. God Almighty has told us everything he wants you and me to know about this transaction. And we understand what that transaction did and how it has been sealed and approved by the resurrection of Christ and nothing can be added to it and nothing can be taken from it. And beloved, you're not saved by imagery and you're not saved by a theory. You're saved by a sacrifice which was real. And you are saved by a substitute which was a transaction in which God accepted his death in the place of your death. That is vicarious substitutionary atonement. But the confession of 1967, thank God we're out from under it. Thank God we're not a part of it. But the confession of 1967 when it comes to discussing this matter of the reconciliation of which they talk, imagine having a creed with its theme, reconciliation. And then when you get down to explain what the reconciliation is, it turns out to be a theory or some imagery. And whatever the reconciliation may be, it's hidden back there in some mystery. They have absolutely nothing. And if you believe that this was a death that was real, and that by that death Christ atoned for your sins, you will be saved. 
But if you believe that this death is some kind of a theory and that this death is some kind of a figure that was wrought out and that somehow or other back there there's a mystery that God knows about, if you believe in that, my friend, you will die. You will die without Christ. You must believe that Christ personally, in all reality, loved you so much that he came and died in your stead and in your place. And you believe that, you will be a Christian. You believe anything else, and you can call yourself anything you want to call yourself. But you will not be a born-again Christian until you have believed that Christ died for your sins and that by that death he took your penalty and paid it before God. And God accepted it. God was satisfied with it. God has justified you on that basis. And that's the gospel which we preach. And it's in that gospel that we now come with great confidence and with full assurance that what he hath accomplished here has been forever accomplished and it never needs to be repeated in any church or on any cross. Once and for all, Christ Jesus died for us. Oh, my dear beloved Bible Presbyterians in this Collingswood church, to think that you and I are living in such a day of transition, in such a day of denial, in such a day of repudiation, and yet in the midst of all these terrible things, God in his grace has enabled our hearts to understand it and enabled our minds to rest in what he has told us is the way he did it. My, how good God's been to this church. And how good he's been to me. How easily I could have been with all that God gave me and the contacts that I had and the men that I associate with. How easily my mind could have been gotten off on this little tangent in a way. And I'd have been some kind of a polished preacher today in some great pulpit telling you that there was a mystery here that was hidden back in God somewhere and that these are theories and it doesn't make any difference what theory you accept, it's all right. How easily I could have been over on this side and been a part of all this that's going on today and yet in the mysterious purposes of God he ordained that my mind and my heart would not go that way. And that I would see these things in the light of the great confession which we've had. And seeing them, we would preach them. And seeing them, we would come to a communion service and tell you that this is real. Everything that Christ did there, beloved, he did it for you. And he did it for me. That believing in that death and in his triumph over sin, we would have the treasures of everlasting life. And we would be the children of Abraham. And we would shine as the brightness of the stars forever and ever. Because we are redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, may this free you. Oh, may this open up your hearts. Oh, may this give you that great rejoicing. We cannot save ourselves. 
salvation is of the Lord. Now let's cleanse our hearts. Let's confess all that's in them to God. Let's stand naked before him and let us be those who say, Lord, I, I believe. Help thou my unbelief. Cleanse me. Fill me. Sanctify me. That should be our spirit as we come. Now let's turn, please, to 292. Break thou the bread of life, dear Lord, to me. the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty, from thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
dearly beloved, our Savior, on the night in which he was betrayed, met with his disciples in an upper room. And at the close of the Passover supper, he made the transition from the Old Testament uh, to the New Testament. And he took bread and he broke it, gave it to his disciples, and then he took the fruit of the vine, the wine cup, and gave it to his disciples. And just as the flesh of the lamb in the old dispensation represented the flesh of Christ, so the bread in the New Testament represented the body of Christ. So it's also in the case of the blood of the Lamb of the Old Testament sacrifice was represented in the fruit of the vine. And he commanded the disciples to do this in his name until he comes. And continuing that succession, unbroken through the centuries, among the believers as they have met together, we now come with the confession of our sins, acknowledgement of our own unworthiness, and claiming all of the merits of Christ, we come to the Lord Jesus Christ. He's represented here. In fact, he is here. He is here in our hearts. He's here in spirit to bless us and to speak to us. Do this in remembrance of me. And now ministering in his name, let us set aside these elements by prayer and by thanksgiving. Our Father, we thank thee that our Savior spoke these blessed words. And we are among those who believe in Jesus Christ. We thank thee that when he said, this bread is my body broken for you, we know it was for us he hung and suffered there. And when he says, this cup is the New Testament and my blood, which is shed for the remission of sin, we thank thee that we know that it was truly, fully, perfectly shed and offered. And thou hast accepted it forever. And because thou hast accepted it, O God, we now can go out and proclaim the message of everlasting life. Bless every heart. Cleanse every spirit. Strengthen every hand. And keep us in thy love. For Christ's sake, amen. Now, beloved, this is the table of our Lord. It's his table. It's not ours. And everything about it he has, he has ordered. Only the believers are to come to this table. The ungodly, the scandalous, the wicked... They are not to come to this table until they have been saved and know the Lord. But all of you, whoever you may be, that have confessed Christ and are members of his church, no matter what church you are a member of, if you're truly sorry for your sins, we invite you to join us 
about this table which is the Lord's. Now as the bread is passed, may we hold it please and we'll all eat it together. And as the cup comes to us, let us all hold it and then we will take the cup together. Now our Savior said, this bread is my body which is broken for you. And he gave it to his disciples. from heaven saying unto me write blessed are the dead which die in the Lord for they shall rest from their labors and their works do follow them bless the Lord O my soul and all that is within me bless his holy name Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities? Who healeth all thy diseases? Who redeemeth thy life from destruction? Who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies? Who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagle? The Lord executeth righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. He made known his ways unto Moses, his acts unto the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. He will not always chide neither will he keep his anger forever. 
He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. For he knoweth our frame. He remembereth that we are dust. As for man, his days are as grass. As the flower of the field, so he flourisheth. For the wind passeth over it, and it is gone and the place thereof shall know it no more. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him and his righteousness unto children's children, to such as keep his covenant and to those that remember his commandments to do them. The Lord hath prepared his throne in the heaven and his kingdom ruleth over all. Bless the Lord, ye his angels, that excel in strength, that do his commandments, hearkening unto the voice of his word. Bless ye the Lord, all ye his host, ye ministers of his, that do his pleasure. Bless the Lord, all his works in all places of his dominion. Oh, bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. Hast thou not known Hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary? There is no searching his understanding. He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint.
Has anyone been overlooked in the passing of the bread? Our Savior said, take and eat. Our Savior also took the cup, and when he had supped, he gave it to his disciples. believed our report and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed for he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of a dry ground he hath no form nor comeliness and when we shall see him there is no beauty that we should desire him he is despised and rejected of man, a man of sorrows, and acquainted with grief, and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken smitten of God and afflicted. 
He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned every one to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed, and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shearers is dumb, so he openeth not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment, and who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living. For the transgression of my people was he stricken. And he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. Because he hath done no violence. Neither was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the travail of his soul, and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquity. Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he hath poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered among the transgressors. And he bare the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. But ye are not after the flesh, but after the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Therefore, brethren, as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, 
but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if so be, that we suffer with him, that we may be glorified together. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? Is God that justifieth? Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died. Yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword, as it is written? For thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord.
Savior said, drink ye all of it. Our Father and our God, we thank Thee that we are a peculiar people, a chosen generation, that we should show forth the praises of Him who hath purchased us with His own blood. Father, we thank Thee for this blessed and sweet and precious moment together with our Lord, that He has met with us that we are waiting for his coming now. But oh, may we occupy, may we labor, for the night is coming. Bless our souls. Strengthen our bodies. Heal our diseases. And encourage us along the way. For Christ's sake, amen. Now, beloved, this past week, one of the members of this church of ours, one of the most faithful members we've had in years, the years that we've been here, Mrs. Morgan Fife was taken to be with the Lord. She was 92. For 27 years, she headed the beginner's department here in the Sunday school. And now let's all stand and sing together this great and glorious hymn, Just As I Am, Just one verse of it, please. Just one verse. Now let's remain seated for this and we'll stand for the when the roll is called up yonder. One verse of 477, just as I am.
gracious and holy God, wilt thou dismiss this session of the church and this congregation of the Bible Presbyterian Church of Collingswood with the richest of thy benedictions. May the God of peace who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom be glory and honor and dominion and power, world without end. Amen.